Welcome back to Dafa Shavua. This week we're going to be learning Misach Zivamustaf Tzadi Beis, and we're going to be discussing many topics uh, that are relevant to the uh, to the world of Yibum uh, and uh, many people getting remarried uh, and situations that could potentially arise uh, in which there is a doubt as to the way in which Beisdin Paskin on a particular issue. The Gemara is about to describe the difference between uh, the way in which Beisdin comes to a Psak Halacha, and when Beisdin comes to a uh, mistaken Psak, the difference between the, uh, the the role that Psak plays when Psak is what's referred to as Hora'a, which we'll define, and when Psak is uh, something that's a simple toast, that's a mistake uh, that we will define as well. And, uh, and as the Gemara goes on, so we're going to be discussing many cases that uh that uh that really give us a insight into the world of yibum uh the world of uh husbands that leave and what happens as a result and how we solve situations uh, in which women are de- in doubt as to whether or not they can go ahead and they can get remarried and when and when does Bayes did not uh clarify a particular mitzvah, a particular reality. So the Mishnah presented a case of Isha Shenisei Achar Baila. So we have a woman who remarried and her husband uh, then subsequently returned. So she uh, got remarried after having uh, heard that her husband uh, had passed away. And uh, then all of a sudden her husband comes back. So if she remarried through an Eid Echad, under the ruling of Beisdin, so she's going to be prohibited to both men, the Gemara tells us. But she does not require a korban chatas, she doesn't have to bring a korban at this particular point in time. But, says the Gemara, if she remarried through Shnei Edim and not through Beisdin, so then she's going to be prohibited to her second husband, and she requires a korban chatas, she has to go ahead and she has to give a korban, she's chayev a korban, chayev a korban in this situation. Shows the superiority of Beisdin over Shnei Edim, that when she acts through the ruling of Beisdin, she doesn't require korban chatas. Obviously, when we have shneidim, shneidim are able to uh, provide a um, an element of testimony that uh, certainly is sufficient. But what the Gemara is trying to emphasize over here is that when we have a psak of beizdin, so that psak of beizdin is going to carry much more weight than shneidim, uh, which results in her being chayav a korban chatas for shneidim and not being chayav a korban chatas when she went ahead and, uh, and did this uh, and remarried with the permission of Beisdin. There is, however, a b'risa which says that if Beisdin rules, that if sunset occurred and it's no longer Shabbos, so let's say we have a Shabbos afternoon and Beisdin decides that based on the uh, what they see outside, it looks like Shabbos has concluded and uh, it's no longer Shabbos, and the people go ahead and they start doing malacha, and then all of a sudden the clouds go away and the sun comes back and they find out, the Gemara says that it was just a mistake made by Mazdin. So the situation is not considered to be what we refer to as a horah, a ruling, a uh, a halachic psak, which we'll describe momentarily, but merely a toast. It was a mistake. In other words, it was just a mistake in psak. It's what we refer to as a giloy milsa, which is actually the language of Rashi over here. Rashi here on the sixth skinny, uh, the fifth skinny line, rather, in um, and the fifth skinny line over here describes the kule al mahashta galia de taos have. It's obvious to everybody that this was a simple toast, that once it uh, once it gets light outside again, so Beisdin made a mistake over here. This isn't Beisdin uh, uh, misinterpreting halacha, it's Beisdin misinterpreting a mitzias. Psak is when you aren't sure what to do in a particular situation. In this situation, so there's no question about what to do halachically, but uh, there's no question about what to do halachically in this type of situation. Should they have been correct? 
But here they made a mistake, and therefore those who performed Malacha acted on their own judgment and would require a chatas uh, that a yachid is going uh, that a chatas that a yachid is going to bring. And again, describing and differentiating between this uh, this uh, this mistake that was made in Mitzias in reality versus a mistake that's made in halacha and what the ramifications of that are. Shechter actually in his Sefer Beikveyatzon points out there's a big difference as to whether or not there's a tos or a hora and uh, this type of mistake that takes place. So Shechter points out that there's a rule in Hilchos Avelos that we try to be mekel whenever we can based on the concept of Elu Ve'elu Divrielu Kimchaim. There's a tshuva of Rav Moshe Feinstein where uh, their Shechter quotes that Rav Moshe Feinstein is discussing a situation of beginning Avelos 40 minutes after Shkia and Moshe concludes that that can count as the first day of Shkia, of, of, uh, of, uh, of, 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 of Shiva. Based on what? So Ramosha points out that based on Shitas Rabbeinu Tam, there are those that keep Rabbeinu Tam uh, Zmanim. Rabbeinu Tam Zmanim is much later um, in the uh, in the evening. If you keep uh, Rabbeinu Tam, so you end Shabbos much later, uh, and uh, it's not yet Seisakochavim according to Rabbeinu Tam, even though according to the Vilna Gaon, according to many of the other poskim, so it's certainly Seisakochavim. Uh, but um, but uh, but over here we have a Shita of Rabbeinu Tam. And uh, we can follow that Shita of Rabbeinu Tam to allow us to be mekel in such a situation. So this is actually how we can also follow Shita Sayachid in a particular Shasat Chak. So let's say, for instance, you end up uh, unfortunately davening Mincha late. And it's still daytime according to Rabbeinu Tam, but not according to the other poskim. So that would... Uh, according to some, that would even be okay. However, on the flip side, according to the Rambam in Hilchos Shkagos, that if a yachid uh, does indeed make a mistake and does what Beisden told him to do, and uh, this yachid was mistaken, he's chayav a korban. It seems like the Rambam uh, is going to be mechayev somebody for making a mistake and would not necessarily imply this concept of elu elu in such a situation. There's a similar case uh, in which we're uh, we're going to present that I'm a Kabbal Shabbos on a Friday. So let's say I go ahead and on Friday afternoon I'm a Kabbal Shabbos. It looks like it's dark outside, and uh, I go ahead and I say it's Shabbos right now. But the Gemara, uh, but 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 really, what was going on? What was the Metzius? There were dark clouds that were over the uh, that were over the sun. There was a rainstorm going on, and then all of a sudden it gets nights outside. So if I was Mikabel Shabbos before Plag Hamincha, so that's a full fledged toast. That's a full fledged mistake. It's you're, you're not able. It's usher to be Mikabel Shabbos before Plag Hamincha. That's not considered to be Shabbos. Even those that are so machmir on themselves to be Mikabel Shabbos early and to be. Uh, um, Machmir on Tosef Shabbos, they wait until after Plaga Mincha. So if we accept Shabbos after Plaga Mincha, so the Shulchan Aruch asks whether or not a person is going to be Chayv to Davin Marv again. The Shulchan Aruch in Orachayim Simresh Samach Gimel says that for the Tzibor, we won't be Matriach them to Davin uh, Marv again, but I would be able to continue to do Malacha in such a scenario. So the Gemara goes on and the Gemara describes that in the case of Nisei Salpi Beisdin, since her husband returned, the ruling is not considered to be a Hora, but rather it's a toast. It's a mistake and she's considered to have acted on her own judgment and uh, and in this case she would be Chayavit Korban Chatas, contrary to the Mishnah which states that she would be Petura Min HaKorban. So what do we do with this Machokis between uh, this machlokes between the Brisa and between the Mishnah. So if Nachman comes and reconciles the Brisa and the Mishnah, saying that 
that someone is Niseis Alpi Beisdin is considered to be Hora. Why? Because the testimony of Eid Echad in such a situation uh, is unacceptable in all other instances. But when it comes to Eidus about an Isha, it's going to be acceptable. And therefore, she would be Petura from giving a Korban. So based on, uh, based on the statement of, Rabbi, of, of, of Rav Nachman, so when it comes to Eidus Isha, so we are going to be Mekabal the Eidus, of, uh, of one person, and the Adis of one person certainly is going to hold weight. So the Gemara then goes on to discuss the case in the Mishnah in which she was given the go-ahead to remarry, and then went ahead and uh, unfortunately, God forbid, was Mikalkel. Uh, and the Gemara goes on trying to understand, trying to define what that word Mikalkel uh, means and what its halachic ramifications uh, are going to be. The next Mishnah comes along and presents a case where Satan goes ahead and matirs uh, uh, this woman. And then we find out a different Mitzias. We find out that really she should have been Asura. So the Mishnah teaches a case of uh, a woman whose husband and son go and they travel abroad. They go away, the uh, Medina Sayam, the Mishnah says. So the Edom say that her husband died first and the son died afterwards. Since her son was alive at the time of her husband's death, so she didn't require Yibum or Chalitza, upon which she goes ahead and she goes and remarries. And then she was told that her son actually died died prior to her husband. And she did require Yibum or Chalitza. So the Mishnah tells us that she's prohibited. She's Asura to the second husband because of the Isra of Yevamot Lashuk and her husband from the second husband, her children rather, from her second husband are going to be actually considered to be Mamzerim. The Mishnah then continues and presents the opposite case in which the Adam said that her son died prior to her husband since the husband left no children at the time of his death. So she required Yibum. She goes and she performs Yibum. And then she's told that her husband actually died prior to the son and she didn't require Yibam at that point. So the Mishnah says she's going to be prohibited to the Yavam because of this uh, Isser of Eishasach Shalom Makom Mitzvah. We know that when it comes to Yibam, so the uh, the uh, the Isser of Eishasach is pushed away as Docheb B'Makom Mitzvah. But here, the Mitzvah was, was that there was no Makom Mitzvah. She wasn't Chayav in Yibam at such a point in time. And her children from the Yavam are going to be Mamzerim. And even according to the Cham, uh, even according to the Chachamim, they're going to be Mamzerim based on the concept of Yesh uh, Yesh Mamzer Mechayavi Krisus. And this uh, this uh, this act, unfortunately, uh, is going to be Mechayav her. Um, uh, it was it was uh, was uh, an act with the punishment of Karis, and uh, as a result. Her offspring are going to be Mamzerim. So the Mishnah presents a few more cases of Adam presenting a wife with news that her husband died or was found alive, and what the halakhic ramifications of that are uh, appear in our Mishnah uh, as well. So the Gemara picks up, and the Gemara then continues and tells us about a case of a woman who's Zakuk Liyavim. So a woman is anticipating Yibum, and she goes ahead and she's going to accept Kedushin. She's going to, somebody's going to propose to her, somebody's going to try to be Makadish her. The Gemara tells us that the Kedushin in that case is not going to be Chal. Shmuel comes along, however, and says that in order to remove the Kedushin, a get is going to be needed, misafek. That even though the Kedushin is not necessarily Chal, the get uh, is going to be unnecessary over here, and we have a get misafek that's going to be uh, 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 obligatory in this point uh, in this point in our sugya. So Rav comes along and qualifies this and says, no, if a Yavama accepted the Kedushin, the Kedushin is not effective. She doesn't require a get. So what we have over here is a machlokas as to whether or not, between Rav and Shmuel, as to whether or not a woman who 
uh, a woman who um, accepts Kedushin when she's Zakuk Liyavim, whether or not she's going to need a get uh, or not. Rav says she does not. Shmuel is going to say that she does. But, says the Gemara, if she accepted Nisuin, the next stage of marriage, she enters into a marriage, so the Nisuin is going to be effective, and for sure she's going to require a get in such a situation. So the Gemara then goes on to discuss whether or not Kedushin is going to be Tofes for Yavama. The Gemara gives three differentiations between Kedushin and Nisuin to a Yavama, and uh, what it means to enter into a, a, a deeper stage of marriage over here, and what role that plays vis-a-vis uh, her being Zakuk Liyavam. And then we saw, regarding this Machlokas Nirav and Shmuel, so the Gemara concludes that Ein Kedushin Tofsim Biyavama, which was Shittas Rav, the Gemara Paskins, like Rav over here. So there's actually a fascinating tshuva that I heard quoted uh, at the end of this daf that um, appears in the Chalkas Yaakov. And the case in the Chalkas Yaakov is the following scenario. We have a woman who is Zakuk Liyavam, she goes ahead and gets married civilly before she does chalitza. So the chalitza was uh, necessary and uh, she didn't do chalitza because the brother of her late husband didn't uh, have any interest. He wanted nothing to do with halacha. So he says, I'm not doing any chalitza. I'm not doing any of this, uh, any of these activities. So she goes ahead and she's living with a uh, with her uh, husband, whom she's civilly married to. She's not married, Kidas Moshe Yisrael. She doesn't have a, a, uh, a Jewish marriage to, uh, to lean on, to live with this man. So what happens in this case in the Chalkas Yaakov? So what happens is, is that they convince this, uh, they convince this, uh, this brother, the brother of her late husband to go ahead and to, uh, to do chalitza, to do chalitza with this woman. So they do a chalitza. And then she comes along and she says, can I now get married? Kidas Moshe Yisrael. Can I go and have a Jewish wedding uh, after my, uh, my, my brother-in-law just did this chalitza? Now, the problem is, is that she was living with this man, Be'isser, uh, for all of this time that she, the chalitza wasn't done. And the question then becomes whether or not she can go through a halachic marriage with this man who she was living with uh, when she was Zakuk Liyavam, who she never even got married to, Gadash Moshev Yisrael. So the Ramah in Evan Ezer, Simon, Kuf, Nun, Tess, right, to the Shomer Siyavim, that's Mizana, is Asura Leboel. She shouldn't be allowed to be with him at all. And he comes off with, uh, uh, he shouldn't be allowed to be with him uh, with this man at all. And uh, according to the strict reading of the Ramah, it would be usher for her to go get married uh, to this uh, to this man, Kedas Moshe Yisrael. The Chalkas Yaakov comes up with all sorts of heterim over here to allow this, but a real case that comes up in which somebody was zakukli of him, and uh, what happened was the uh, what was going on in her life was uh, was uh, uh, messed up because she was waiting for Yibum or she was waiting for Chalitza. It never came, and she. Uh, progressed with uh, with her life and it's a real life scenario that the Chalkas Yaakov presents based on our Gemara over here. So Tafzali Bez over here, Mesech Zivamos, really begins with the uh, the discussion and description of Horah versus Taos, what types of mistake what type of mistakes that Bezdin makes and what we must do uh, as a result of some of those mistakes when we uh, are involved in those mistakes and when we're not involved in those mistakes, whether or not those mistakes are mistakes in halacha, in psak, 
in uh, Metzius, just in reality, uh, and uh, all of the ramifications that are going to uh, play a role in uh, the way in which we make amends for mistakes that we made. And then as we went on in our Gemara, so we saw all sorts of situations uh, in which a woman is unclear as to whether or not she must uh, be involved in a case of Yibum, be involved in a case of Chalitza. We don't have clear testimony uh, at the point in time and something comes out later that uh, that definitely sheds light on what happened uh, Lemaisa in uh, in this particular situation. And Daf Tzadi Beis concludes with uh, with many of these ideas as we uh, make our way through the uh, the last of the Isha uh, Rabbah in this beautiful parak in Mesech Zivamos. That is Mesech Zivamos, Daf Tzadi Beis.